0: Hey guys, my name is Freddy Rana and welcome back to the Inside Channel. Today we have Regali in the crosshair, a man that has conquered many national scenes. The Romanian and the Danish scene has set his eyes on the international circuit with OG. Other um, standing in for OG, you are now a part of their main main lineup. But firstly, before we go any further, how are you doing? How are you enjoying the player break in general? Hello, thanks for having me,
1: first of all. Yeah, I enjoy it. it's like uh, pretty much of playing a lot of face-it. Uh, because I'm so excited for the next season. Um, I had the player break, let's say so, when uh, Copenhagen Flames benched me. (laughs) I I didn't have anything to do, so I had a lot of time to chill, but now I'm just playing. I mean, ever since I came back from Dallas, I was playing constantly like 10 games, 10 face-it games a day, maybe. And yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for
0: what's coming next. Jesus, that is a grind, ten a, 10 a day is a lot, that's a fairly good grind, but um, so we have actually spoken before, so I feel like we can skip some of like, the earlier questions about you playing in Romania, um, and like the early times in Copenhagen Flames, but what I do want to talk about is the success you guys did have, um, and uh, what like divided you guys from others during that period. Um and like if you cast your mind back to like almost like the end of last year is like what was going so well that you were able to like rock up to every tournament and basically just win everything.
1: Yeah, so as a team we put a lot of work uh into game plans into practice. So maybe that was something new, which other tier two teams didn't expect from us because we were kind of new into. I mean, when we reached top 30, we didn't stop. We just continued to win ga- uh, games, like, a lot. So, I mean, we were unpredictable, kind of. Um, we had the game plans. But me as individual, I was... The thing is, I was playing a lot of face-it after uh, practices as well. Because I was really motivated because of how well the team was uh, going uh, on rankings. Like it was fulfilling my, you know, my ego and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'll keep playing face it because I feel good of playing CS. So yeah, basically just because I was winning yesterday, I was continuing to play
0: face it today to win tomorrow, some kind of. Yeah. So like, do you think maybe you played a bit too much? Because especially like when you're winning loads, um, it can come crashing down like quite quickly. Do you feel like, because the the team ended up like coming into the new year and like you were you were struggling, would a part of that be that like you guys were maybe just winning a bit too much and like almost playing too much?
1: Uh, I mean, maybe. But when we started the year, we started with the left foot. Like there was there was things that I didn't like about the organization. I like imagine after after winning five or six tournaments. Uh, the organization doesn't even come up to say, Hey, let's make a bootcamp. No, so they, okay. like, the, the work, the work didn't want to like have results, uh, keep going, uh, having results. So I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but anyway, we, we try hard and we, we trained as usual until RMR. So yeah, we were like focusing on that as well because everybody was doing that. So, um, But maybe we didn't focus at the right time, which was the RMR, especially in those days, because we thought that it's going to be so easy that we are going to qualify
0: anyway, which we didn't. Okay, so do you feel like... Yeah, so so you say kind of like you almost got like a bit cocky being like, oh, we've been doing so well, like, it's fine, we'll make it.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. But if like... We had bad results before the rmr so if there were some people that like really cared about it in the org they would have said hey let's make a boot camp because i've never understood how some other tier two teams which were maybe worse ranked than us uh had boot camps for the rmr
0: yeah and we didn't yeah that's actually very like a, a lot of team pretty much everyone boot camped for the rmr i felt like um Yeah. And so, like looking towards the end when uh, Farley ended up replacing you, uh, was this a decision you felt like was fair, and was this a decision you felt like was needed for the team potentially, just because of like the stagnation?
1: Uh, for the team, I don't really know. He's worse than me, so I don't really, I didn't really care. But it was nice to take a break because we had different yeah. visions. I, uh, I didn't like to continue playing like that, like. Uh, everything with the work between me and the work like i didn't like it i didn't like it so when i opened my computer to practice like i didn't feel like i didn't feel nice about yeah, it yeah okay uh, and anyway when we had official games like there was half and half are we going to win or are we going to at least struggle to win uh every game i remember it was a struggle because it, they were all very close games The games we won and the games we lost they were like really really hard losses um but anyway yeah what they did with farlik i mean they are all friends i couldn't get into friendships with people to be honest like i like Borup; he liked me i suppose he was the only guy i was like i i i like to hang out with maybe at the boot camps Uh, The very few bootcamps, which were like two, maybe three max. Um, So anyway, it was only Borup I really liked to play with. Um, And he was also the only guy that he, I mean, that said nice things to me uh, after um, I left the team or I got benched Uh, and look at him where he is now, you know. So as you saw, maybe after I got benched or after the team went bankrupt, even though I played in the games where Copenhagen Flames had the good results um I didn't get any credit from the teammates so I was like yeah okay maybe it's some things they don't like about me but I didn't like some other things about them either so I can't say hey you are wrong for like thinking that about me because I don't really I didn't really care at the, at some point like there were so many things I couldn't get like common With them, you know, like, friendships and stuff like that. As I said, they were friends before they made Copenhagen Flames. I tried to, like, be friends, but not really. I tried for the sake of the team uh, to win the games and stuff like that. But I can't say that I would have, like, been a good friend with them, uh, for example. And, again, as I said, the thing that really I, I really didn't like, it was, like, I didn't get any credit for, like, my my time in, in there. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that being really hard. And, like, do you, do you feel like then when you have a team that it's, like, you have to have everyone in, like, a good vibe then? And do you feel like from your experience in Copenhagen Flames it's shown you that, like, everyone needs to be on the same page as, like, a friendship almost? I mean, we had the good vibes when
1: we were winning the games, and that was good, yeah. as I said. But towards the end, when we were also losing the games, it was like, for me, I didn't feel the good vibe. Uh, but I don't know about them. Again, Farley was a friend of, like, Bird from Sky. So it was really easy for him to pick him up. Even though it was completely a downgrade. Like, you could have seen the stats of the team. Yeah. But I don't, as I said, I didn't really care anymore about it or... The people from there, I'm really glad for Boro being in Australis anyway, but that's all.
0: Okay, so do you feel like when you did get replaced, it was actually a pretty good time to, like, chill? And, like, as you were saying, like, play, face it, chill, and, like, wait. Do you feel like that was, a, that was actually good for you, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got back to my old ways of improving myself. And mm. it worked, because imagine I didn't play competitive CS or practices in two months, and then yeah. I went to Dallas and I played a decent tournament not good not great but decent and it was I was like okay my skill is still there you know like I am still good but I really need to play
0: some practice yeah well um I guess speaking about uh Dallas like did you did you how did it actually come about you standing for OG like did they reach out to you (laughs) Yeah, through my agent, yes. Mm. Yes, they did. Okay, so, and then did you, so would you have had much practice uh, before going into Dallas?
1: I mean, we had uh, CCT. Um, you had that one where tournament we like, yeah. yeah, we played like three days or something, but we practiced only like one or two days. And for example, <laughs> when we played Anubis, my first official game with them, I didn't even know the call-outs because we didn't practice Anubis. <laughs> like it was, yeah, we practiced only two two maps and on officials we played maps we didn't practice.
0: It was so, so weird. That is, oh, that must have been really difficult. And um, so like, do you, when you got called up for the roster, did you feel like it was a trial for the main team? Because obviously you are now like in the main team or did you just take it as like, it's one step at a time? Like we play well here, who cares?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't feel like it was a tryout, but I felt like it was an opportunity to show what I can do in Tier 1. Uh, I didn't think of any uh, other things like, hey, I didn't didn't play competitive CS in two months. I just wanted to show people that I can actually play the game, you know, and my skill is up there. But again, coming back to what you said, yeah, like I took it one step at a time, one game at a time, for example. Uh, so first day I was very nervous in Dallas, but second day I played great because I said like what what's bad that can happen, like what's something really bad that can happen? Um and I was like nothing because I'm only a stand-in, you know. I'm not tryouting. Nobody said that I'm going
0: to join the team. I was just, hey, I'm standing in for Dexter. Yeah. And um so when you were nervous was there like anyone on the team potentially that was like really helpful to like cool your nerves in a sense
1: yeah it, it was it, it was Flame Z okay
0: yeah. and I um, spoke
1: to him even before the games even after
0: yeah what type of stuff was he doing was he just being like very comforting
1: yeah like he was saying this type of stuff I, I'm telling you now like you're only yeah. standing you just play your game it's just a face it game okay we're doing everything he- to help you it's just about you now. And yeah. like It was comforting because we were having fun as well. As I said, for me, the mood is very important in a team. And because it was maybe a dead team, the mood was, like, very good, actually. It wasn't bad. Everybody was having fun. And I was hanging out with Fiku as well, which now is in the team. But at the time, yeah. I didn't know who is going to be in the team. It was, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah a lucky coincidence, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, like I was speaking to FlameZ even before OG, like we were, like, he's very social, so we were making jokes jokes before. <laughs>
0: so yeah. yeah, I mean, it was very nice, very nice. That actually sounds like a really good atmosphere. So like, would it be fair to say you guys are playing like you had nothing to lose because the, you knew there were changes? So it's just playing CS to play CS. Yeah.
1: Yeah, We everybody played freestyle CS, I guess. Like we had this game plan, which Casper uh, or um, Ruga made with uh, together with the analyst Kakafu. Um, so I saw how they work. I saw how nice it is to make the game plan and learn CS as well, because they did their job as it was major, because this is how they, they work like this. So um, they like to show the game to the teammates but us as a player as, as players on the not stage but like on the booth for example like we were like not nervous at all
0: for example <laughs> um so i want to kind of talk about a little bit about the maybe difference between playing tier two and tier one um so firstly just talking about that preparation you were talking about how like with roger how he prepped um how different would have you experienced preparing? for Dallas rather than like the like the games you've been playing with Copenhagen Flames
1: levels levels above like I can't describe it to be honest it's because in Copenhagen Flames the investment was not much like yeah. you can see it even from my frustration that we didn't have boot camps like imagine we didn't have Analyst which maybe is normal for tier 2 yeah but the, the work that Kakafu is making in OG is immense. And it's behind the scenes again. Kasper or Ruga makes a lot of work as well. But he's hyping up the team as well. Which we didn't really have in um, in Copenhagen Flames. But yeah, the game plan and things like that. Uh, in Copenhagen Flames especially. The IGL was making kind of the whole thing. Like Bird from Sky was making the game plan together with the with the coach. But now... Uh, it was kind of different because the, the way they were showing to every every teammate how the opponents are playing, it was so different. Uh, so like you can really understand everything. And the, that paper I had for the first time, I, I had to read from the paper. It was pretty nice because everything was like, hey, they might do this one I wrote on the paper. Watch out. And it's just the awareness that gives to you. You know,
0: it's so hey. nice. The intel you have. So have yep. you never played with, like, a paper in front of you before? No. Oh, okay. So that's going to be quite a nice thing to get used to. Uh, And then, like, looking now at more, like, in the server, Um, what type of stuff do you feel, like, really sh- uh, shocked you, maybe, like, in practice, or um, uh, at the tournament of, firstly, like, how OG played, and then secondly, like, playing against the opponents? Like, was there any difficulties or, like, differences you noticed?
1: no no differences no difficulties because i feel like everybody shoots good everybody knows what's going to happen at some point but the thing that like amazed me in og is the t-sides um which of of course like it's a big difference but from sky I like to call for everybody and like to have his own system where in og if for example flame z said something everybody was going to listen to flame z but if for example, Fiku said something before Flames E, then Flames Z would say, yeah, let's do that. Let's commit to that. So it was just about initiative and commitment instantly. Like being yeah. so dynamic, like not staying in a, um, in a place and waiting for the IGL's call. It was it was nice. But again, I can say it. Like if I'm an opera and I have my initiative, maybe they would cancel or they would say, okay, if Julian said that, we might do something else after Julian does this thing. Because I had the priority of calling stuff. And again, for me, it was very new to talk so much in a team. I, I talked so much, I couldn't believe it. Also on LAN, but also on uh, on um, online games. I, I've never talked that much before. And it's just the
0: beginning for me. So do you feel like you maybe weren't able to... Show your initiative that much as you're saying, like saying, I want to do this, I want to do that on Copenhagen Flames, uh, because of Bird from Sky. So, do you feel like you are learning so much now because it's like you are having to take control of the game a little bit? If that makes sense,
1: yeah. I mean, I learn to adapt to the opponents in the game, yeah. Um, and if I don't do so, people are pushing me to. Caspar will say. Julian, you really need to call something. You really need to do something now. As FlameZ also said to me, like once you need to do something now, you have the op. And I said, I will do Saivu. And then I did ace on LAN. But coming <laughs> back to Burst from good. Sky <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. And then coming back to Burst from Sky thing, I mean, there we had like plays that we mm-hmm. practiced on. Uh, yeah, that's a practice. For example, I could have called like device peak and everybody knew what's going to happen. But if I wasn't going to call device peak, then maybe I was like standing AFK holding an angle. Whereas here, it doesn't really matter if we have those like written plays of mine. No, maybe there is a situation I have to do something new or something else to kill the opponents. And then I have to talk so much because I have to put the pawns like around me. Like, yeah, I mean, the players. It's so much talk, but I like it because it, um, it introduces not not introduces me to the game, but like it's, um, activating me so much in the game, because, you know, as you talk more, you are like more focused to the game as well, to your own game. When there was in flames times where I had to only wait for Burn burn from sky to activate me because maybe that device peak wouldn't work against, I don't know, anything.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds pretty good. And then we have spoken about the differences, but, um, and feel free just to be like, oh, there is none, but like with orping, do you find just like physically, like playing against higher level players with an orp that they may like push you off angles more and might make your life more difficult? Or do you find that it is quite similar to tier two?
1: Um, There's, there's only one difference. I can, like I saw it and I still see it. It's just tier one players, are not afraid of dying like they really re- refrag. like if you kill one there's a high chance you might die if you pick the same angle but of course you are not going to pick the same angle but they are taking space so so fast like you really need to think as an oper, what happens if i kill the first one like you have to think it before that you can't just play on intuition when you start killing uh killing people uh so yeah they are like, their reaction is very fast on like taking initiative again, the opponents, I mean. But yes. other than that, not really, because your own team is playing around you as well. For yeah. example, OG was used to play around Dexter, which is an opera, great upper, but he has ego, right? He's playing like simple, for example, in terms of how he's playing. So everybody was like, okay, we will really play around you. But my type of oping is like a system oper maybe like device, for example. Um, I like to help my teammates as well. You know, sometimes I really might hold angles for them. But that comes down to practice. But no, as an op, like I, I can play rifle as well. You know, and I still get yeah, the space yeah. as an oper
0: yeah, so I, I was gonna say, like, with your rifling, like, were you being utilized? So I, 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 know you did say that you were utilized as a rifler quite a lot on Copenhagen Flames. So, are you gonna be like and when you were at Dallas, and like, hopefully for the future, is it under, is it in your understanding that like you are also gonna be utilized as a rifler?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm working on being a great rifler as well. So I hope that I'm going to be utilized as well on that because it gives more. F- more not space but like more freedom to the igl to call some things you know so uh by playing rifle i'm helping my igl as well to do some flawless calls yeah and yeah i mean sometimes it's easier with the rifle to be fair like it's really it really yeah. is to close up the rounds for example
0: yeah and then yeah. so you were saying how like your orping style is different to dexter even though, like, as we're speaking, you haven't actually like played in the server yet with the new five, but like, are you gonna be changing the OG system with how you're orping then? With you playing as a more system orper and not more of a like, I'm the best player in the server orper. Uh,
1: that comes down to some more meetings with Kesper and uh, Anelis yeah. Kakafu. Because they, they know what they are doing. But I really have to say my input as well. Or put my input. Because as Kakafu told me once. Like he made. From decent upwards to maybe great topers. He made Mantu a good up. he like. He told me that he plays with Smuya as well. And Smuya got an understanding of the game as well. So like. You know I can learn a lot. And maybe decide yeah. on what I'm going to do. Because I, I could. Like I really like to have the first kill or or impact, you know. But it's not really me that thinks that I'm really the best on the server. But yeah, it okay. comes down to the agile as well. So we really, we really have to have some meetings as well with the with Nexa, for example. Yeah, because he okay, played yeah. more Nessie, and maybe he can give me some <laughs> advices. Yeah.
0: So would you yeah. be willing to like change up your style then? Like you're saying your system now, would you be willing to change that? Because that uh, you trust the process. Yes, yes, I am. Okay, so um I feel like there are some orpers that go from step up to tier tier one, like especially in the Danish scene, uh, with like the Astralis rotation and then like head trick as well. You could you could use an example, like they do struggle. Why do you think that some AWPers do struggle to step up even though they have dominated tier two and that like you've kind of almost stepped up? quite nicely? Um, I mean,
1: not uh, making excuses for Hetrick, but his team, like right now, is not in the like best shape. That, yeah, You know, when you change I- IGL, is like a lot of stuff, like internal stuff, but coming back to why I stepped up is because Kasper told me, for example, once you learn the Danish CS, you kind of, you can get whatever CS you are playing. Um, and I like imagine my first tier, not, not tier one, but like team where I played full time, it was Copenhagen Flames. So uh, like it was a team where I learned a lot. So I know in in order to carry that team or, you know, I put up performances, like very good performances. I played my own game also in that team. So uh, I'm thinking, first of all, that I need to play my own game and then see what's coming, like, I don't know. I don't really know what happened and how I stepped up. It was also the team, as I said, that they played around me. That's nice when the team plays around you, like you you don't really have excuses to say when, like that you played bad when the team plays around you, like legit flames you would sacrifice. like, take space for me, and then I would come to the open and get one kill at least. You know? So, I don't know. As long as you activate yourself as an upper, you know that everybody's around you. I don't know. You, it, it's kind of impossible to not make some impact.
0: Yeah. So, ob- again, like, obviously, uh, as I'm recording, like, you haven't played with a server of them, but what is the hope for, for this team then when you say that, like, Flamesy was making loads of space for you? he's obviously not on the squad anymore um what is like how do you see this roster working like in your head on like like on paper basically like who is going to be the one taking space for you uh
1: it's going to be Fasher, for example because i've seen i've seen him play in ecstatic i haven't watched Fnatic, but if he comes back to how he played in ecstatic then it's going to be easy i mean yeah nexa is a great idea like as well so he's going to use him as well in a nice way and then i have kaito like if there are people that can throw nades because now i got better with nades but i haven't been the best in flames so if if there are going to be people with great uh, utility usage and stuff like that and then one guy that takes space then the only things i have to do is like create big impact in the beginning and then have great rotations and everybody told me that I I have a great understanding of rotations so if I trust on myself like if I trust myself it should be okay Listen, because I really trust Kasper and uh, Kakafu because otherwise they wouldn't have like given me a chance of <laughs> stand in right yeah. like they trusted they trusted me more than I trusted myself back then because as I said after two months of not no practice I didn't really know if I can do it to be fair with you, like I didn't know that I can play good CS, but I did, and they tr- they they trusted that. So I'll trust them as but, well with uh, this score and this
0: lineup. Look, that's really good to hear, and it is like it's, it's really nice to see you succeed. Um, but looking at the team, this is so this this would be the first international team you've played in, right? Because you had obviously like the game agents Romania, and then no, I had Fnatic Rising oh i could. sorry i've completely forgot about Final rising for some reason yeah so it's your first international team i guess for quite a while um what are the differences you find playing in like um international teams comparative to like a domestic team and yeah like wh- what are you expecting because you've got so many different regions and personalities in this in this roster like do you find like, like what do you see that creating
1: um uh, yeah. I don't know, different approaches to the game when it matters because everybody comes down to the same page. They want to be on the same page, but there are situations in games, tight games and stuff, where there is somebody that has to do a play or like get some insight of what's going to happen. So maybe it's like, those experiences from people that played in their local countries like for example in Romania you know we play a lot of Mirage I kind of I, I knew what can <laughs> happen on Mirage I yeah. can expect everything for example yeah. and then we, have, we had Neofrag that on Vertigo he would be the boss like I remember when he played on Sinners so it's like those type of players that have like best experiences from hey like understandings you know this is why they are getting picked up in an international team after all uh, and something quite nice or find find we- weird in the same time is like, not that many words are being used into a sentence to take initiative. Like, it's just like, let's take water. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Do it. You know, I'll flash over. And that's all. But maybe in, in the Danish team I played in, it was like a f- whole plan of how we are going to take water, uh, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's quite a lot. That can be really overwhelming when it's like really easy. Just like, okay, let's do it, let's do it, bam. Whereas if they're like breaking it down piece by piece, that can be really difficult. Um, So, playing for OG, you're obviously a partner team. Do you feel like you almost feel like more secure playing on this roster and that like you guys can build it up together because it's less likely to be poached than when you were on Copenhagen Flames? Oh, I'm not thinking about that. No. I think, you know I think, yeah, that makes, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, just like thinking about the expectations then, as again, like obviously haven't played, but just like on the paper, what do you feel like you could achieve with this roster?
1: Like fulfill my dream of like playing at the major, man. I really want to do that. And pl- like be in playoffs of big tournaments. Like that's doable as well. And I really want to work for that because again, that's a big chance I, I've gotten here, and maybe I'm not a prodigy, but a rookie, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, compared to the
0: others, so I'll try my best. You know. Nice. And then I just want to do like, one last quick question. Um, obviously, Copenhagen Flames. Quite shortly after you left, actually closed doors completely. Um, I just want to have a quick conversation about uh. How you think that affects the Danish team, uh, like the uh, the Danish scene, and like how did it come about that like even though you guys were winning so much that the organization was still unable to like stay? I mean, it helped players like you can see Boru, free agent, he went to Astralis.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad for him again. Uh, then you have uh, Rals. I know where he's going. He's going to. I I will not leak it. But that's <laughs> I nice. Guess for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it helped two players, right? Then you have from Sky. I know he's making a team or organization as well. Really how he likes to, because maybe he didn't really like this team at some point. So he, he wanted to start fresh and now he got the opportunity. Like it, it helps the players, it helps other players as well. Like you can see some other players from the female scene. Maybe, you know, they, they are playing in greater teams. I don't really know about um, other games we had in the organization, but I-, I think it's okay. Again, I had a big buyout in Copenhagen yeah. Flames, okay. and it helped me that I was a free agent when uh, I got to stand in for Dallas, because I couldn't,
0: maybe, yeah. if I was in Flames. Well, that seems like it's all come about really nicely. And honestly, Regali, I wish you the best of luck in in OGA. It, it feels like you guys are something that's really cool going on. And I actually can't wait just to see your individual um like expansion and see how you're going to improve over the next couple of months. And well, thank you very much, guys, for watching another episode of In the Cross says. Thank you, Regali, yet again. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again uh, and having you on for a thank quick you. chat. But yeah, thank you very much, guys, and make sure to stay tuned next week for another episode.